0: So in eighth grade, uh, there was this okay. girl, and she really liked me, okay? This was, like, the first time and probably only time in my life where I'm going to need a new mic because this one's cutting out, uh, that uh, the, uh, like somebody was, like, a big-time crush on me. Like, I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure how she got a picture of me, but she had, like, my picture in her locker with, like you know like the love no thing like typical like L, like middle school girl like infatuation like madeline with edward from twilight st- status here don't say
1: typical girl that's just weird man what she did okay yeah. uh
0: and so thank you and so right where she really likes me and i'm just i don't know i i was i was not i was not feeling it okay <laughs> <laughs> and it was almost valentine's day and she had this plan and i had heard like moments of this plan and I've heard it from in like the underground middle school um, connection like stuff what? that she was going to ask me to dance with her at the Valentine's Day dance okay uh, and and I I was still kind of scared of girls at that point uh, I wasn't quite to that I wasn't ready for that kind of commitment uh, so I was not sure I was going to handle this so then I found my opportunity my window right so that day we were in science class together and she was eating some Valentine's Day candy, and she had gotten, like, she'd eaten some of it, and then she, like, choked on a piece, okay? And it kind of made her cough, and then it made her throw up in the middle of class, okay? <laughs> and I thought, bingo, there's my door out, okay? So later, she wants me to dance with her, and I say, no, because you threw up, and that's gross. Oh. It is gross. Throw up is gross. Gross. And then from then on, she hated me. It was yeah. like the exact opposite of like the infatuation. <laughs> it was like loathing right. and, and denial. But yeah. like it's, it's kind of weird. Uh, and so tonight we're gonna be talking about dating. We want you to give us some grace on this too because today's culture would say this, if I hear something I disagree with, then I don't have to listen mm. anymore. Mm. And I think that's a big problem today is because when some people start, start disagreeing or you hear something you don't like, that you stop listening. And we would ask that you do your best to hear us out. Finish, let us finish what we have to say about these things. And then if you have a comment or you have a disagreement, we would love to, we hope this, this, this series starts conversations yeah. because that's what really needs to happen to be able to understand all of these things in these difficult subjects is conversations. We need to have healthy conversations and, and debates and not this like, because I disagree with you, I, I'm, I'm leaving. Because I disagree with I don't like this. I'm gone. I'm not going to talk about, you know, all of these things. We, we want you to understand. We want to have this. And so tonight we're going to talk about sex and dating. And if in your mind, as soon as I say we're going to talk about sex and dating, you, like, you felt you're like internal eyes roll, or maybe your actual physical eyes roll when I said this, uh, I just have a couple things before we keep going. One, we're talking about, you have to understand, we're talking about sex and dating, and tonight we're going to be talking about it from a biblical view, a biblical stance, and it's not out-of-date information, it's biblical information, and there's a big difference, okay? And what might seem old-fashioned, what might seem like, oh, that doesn't fit in culture, we know, yeah. but that doesn't change that it is from the Bible. And we, we see that this isn't our opinion. And as Christ followers, we have to take his word, the Bible, as truth. And we have to do our best to live it out. So we're we going to give you this biblical view of sex and dating. And it's just what, uh, what the Bible says about these things. And that's all we are supposed to do up here is just let you know what the Bible says about this. Because as Christ followers, we're supposed to be following god's word now you have to ask yourself do i care what the bible and then therefore god thinks about sexuality and dating hmm. do i care what his opinion is but here's the thing when we become christians all right we make jesus our lord and our savior savior is easy savior we like mm-hmm. savior is means, oh i don't have to go to hell anymore oh he's gonna forgive my f- sins awesome i want him to be my savior yeah but Lord of my life. Mm. That's a different thing. Now that means he, he makes decisions. Now that means he, he's in every part of my life. And it's not just Lord of certain parts of my life, not just like Lord of maybe like my future or Lord of like on Tuesday nights at 4640 or Lord of, you know, there's a few little things, but not this and not, we can't, we can't like compartmentalize him into certain areas of our life. If we're going to make him Lord of our life, then he needs to be Lord of every part of our lives. Mm-hmm. So then we have to say, can we make Jesus the Lord of our dating life?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Can we make Jesus the Lord of our sex life? Is Jesus Lord of my life? Do I let him and his word, the Bible, direct my steps, decisions, who I date, who and when I have sex with? Do I, do I let him help make those decisions? Do I follow his word on all of those things? Or do I let culture, do I let popular opinion, friends, maybe my feelings decide for me see because if you aren't if you aren't there if you aren't there with Jesus and you're going I, I'm not I have not made him the Lord of my life that's okay we still want to give you this information we don't want you to feel bad we our prayer is that you get there someday that Jesus you do make Jesus the Lord the Savior and Lord of your life and that you do allow him to lead your life because we think it is the best way to live life yeah. but understand as we talk tonight from we are talking from this standpoint that the Bible is absolute truth and what it says goes. Yeah. And so you have to have that sort of filter in your mind as you're hearing this information. You go, that is not what culture is saying we understand, but it is what the Bible is saying. And that's that, that we have to hold that in the highest, like the highest standard and the highest realm in our lives. So yeah. biblical sex, what if we look at this, like definition of that healthy sex is in and dating and all those things in the Bible. What are we talking about? To be honest, it's sex inside of the marriage covenant. Marriage covenant is a fancy word of saying you get married and then you have sex. Yeah. That is what the Bible would say. Anything outside of that would be considered un- like unhealthy or therefore like sin is outside of marriage sex. And that's hard because obviously the world would say something extremely different. But marriage and with one person from the very beginning, Adam and Eve... He said, here is man, here is woman. Be fruitful and prosper which, and multiply, which means have sex and have lots of babies. That's what, like, the, like, the first thing he told them mm-hmm. to do, okay? So he understands, and he, and he wants that, but he has it in a plan. And the reason for this isn't just because God doesn't want you to have, like, fun and sleep around because he's a prude. That's not why God said that. He said that because he knows the best most healthy looking relationships yeah. and, and what a healthy sex life and dating life should look like is is waiting for this stuff and here's why because when we keep God a God-centered relationship we know you're going to date we know a lot of you guys have a relationship in in this room right now the whole point of this is if you are a Christian and Christ follower then God needs to be at the center of that oh. meaning you're deciding you're asking God what what about our relationship you're helping he's helping you make those decisions and so keeping your dating relationships God-focused keeping pure, saving yourself for, mar- for marriage and be- in, in saving your virginity before marriage and for your future spouse. You are keeping out so many problems for yourself in the future, and this is why God wants you to wait. Because here's the truth, is when you get married, if you have had sex before, even if you've had a lot of relationships before, what's gonna happen is those relationships are gonna tend to like rear their ugly heads back in that final relationship, You're gonna start comparing yourself. You're gonna, like, no, he had that ex. And you're gonna go, am I as pretty as her? Does he like me as much as her? Am I as good in bed as her? You start asking these things. And that comparison, man, in a relationship, it can get really ugly. And so God is trying to say, just just wait. Keep those dating relationships to a a minimum and find that special someone, and then learn to love each other. Figure all of that out together so that you don't have all that baggage. But, and there's, there's more baggage besides just comparison, comparing yourselves.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you guys need to know that we're coming from a place of sincerity here and a place of love, not judgment or trying to be critical of you guys. We have been through what you guys have been through. We were at high school at one point. For some of us, it was longer um, ago than others. That was for the Edward yeah, joke. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but we know. We know what you guys go through. We know the temptations that you face and how hard it is to be a person that believes in Jesus within your schools. So please know our heart in this. This is to protect you. This is to help you. This is to give the information that you need in order to make wise and godly decisions. And so as Joe was saying before, relationships are a big deal, and they affect us in so many different ways. In sex and dating, affects us in different ways than just mentally and emotionally, but it's also spiritually that affects us. Um, God created sex, and He created it to be a husband between a husband and a wife, and when we take it outside of that sanctity of marriage, that is when we begin to open up our heart to so much hurt and so much damage. And so when we're up here, we're speaking from experience and love, and we want you to know what God says on these things, so that you guys can make good decisions on what you're going to do and how far you're going to go. So one of these ways that spirituality kind of comes into making relationship choices as far as how far to go um, with your boyfriend or girlfriend is something that's called soul ties. And whether you've heard this word or not before, um, it's important to know that there's two different types of soul ties that come out. um, And that's a healthy soul tie, and that's an unhealthy soul tie. So those are the two different forms. So a healthy soul tie is obviously a positive and a good thing. And so what it means is that when you form a relationship with someone that is more than just surface level, that is deep, that it's a connection, maybe it is with a partner, with a boyfriend or girlfriend, maybe it's with a best friend, your parents, your neighbor, um, that's a good and healthy thing. where you go um, into past surface level, where you connect with them, where you be honest with them and vulnerable with them, that is considered to be a healthy soul tie. And this means that you have a spiritual connection with that person, that you are tethered to that person spiritually. So Brittany and I, we have a healthy soul tie together. We are best friends. We do this life together. We're honest with each other. We keep each other accountable. We're constantly trying to push each other to uh, to be better. And so that is a healthy thing that we have that many of you guys might have with your best friends but there's also unhealthy soul ties and this is where the enemy is going to try and come into your relationships and twist them into something that they were never meant to be and one of his biggest ways that he is going to do this in your boyfriend and girlfriend relationships is with an unhealthy soul tie that starts when you start to get physical with a person. And so um, whether it was a healthy soul tie before, maybe you and your boyfriend or your girlfriend were really having a great and a positive connection, the second that you take that too far physically is when an unhealthy soul tie is, is formed. Whether you guys have an amazing relationship or whether it is healthy before that, if you do take it out far uh, too far into what should only be for man and wife, that is when an unhealthy soul tie is formed. So now not only are you tethered to that person, spiritually, mentally, physically, in all of these different ways, that's also not something that is easily broken. So even if you do break up with that person um, in the future and you feel like you're getting over them, maybe mentally, physically, emotionally, you're still gonna be tethered to them um, spiritually, and so it's a really, really important thing to make sure that you're keeping those soul ties healthy with the person that you're with, with your friends, um, with these different people in your life. Because an unhealthy soul tie is something that is going to drag you down and affect your spirituality.
1: Definitely. So when I was growing up, I never really had the open, honest conversations with my parents about sex or what even it was, which sounds crazy, or how it was meant to be designed, or how God designed it to be. I always just thought, like, you know, it. as long as you're not getting pregnant, you're probably okay. As long as you're, like, using protection and being safe, then honestly, what's the big deal? Mm. It's kind of like my mindset about it. Um, but the truth is, is that I was just uneducated in mm. sex. I didn't understand, and I didn't know that sex actually brings together a husband and a wife in a men, in an emotional a spiritual and a physical sense mm. i had no idea about that and the bible clearly tells us that sex was designed by god and designed for marriage and only in marriage anything outside of that is sexual immorality yeah. and that is a sin the bible says in 1 corinthians six eighteen, flee from sexual immorality Get out of there, right? All other (laughs) sins a person commits are outside the body. Mm -hmm. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Mm -hmm. Sexual immorality involves any type of sexual expression outside of the boundaries of a biblically defined marriage. Mm -hmm. Sex outside of marriage hurts us more than you know. See, we are now choosing to be emotionally, physically, and spiritually connected with someone who can't even commit to us. See, God didn't design sex to be withheld from us. Mm -hmm. He designed it to honor and to glorify Him in the confines of marriage. Mm -hmm. Right? And trust me, okay, when you get married, it's going to be awesome. Sex is going to be great. God knew what He was doing when He created it. But also know you can wait and enjoy it, it's not lame. Listen to me. Mm -hmm. It's not lame and it does not make you a prude to wait until you are married to have sex. It's actually honoring God and it's honoring
2: your spouse.
0: Guilt free sex is the best.
2: a plus. Yeah, recommend. making me blush. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I can't do Talking about it with Pastor Joe, who was my youth pastor, it's just weird. Yeah, it's okay? Weird. okay. But if we're defining what <laughs> sexual sin is, what sexual immorality is, like you guys want the definition, right? You guys want to know, how far can I go, right? Like what's okay here? And I'm going to tell you, don't worry, okay? Because we want to educate you. We want you guys, again, to be empowered to make good decisions. So when you ask... 4640 pastors, how far can I go with my boyfriend or girlfriend without committing a sexual sin or sexual immorality, we are going to tell you an answer that you might not like. But again, (laughs) this is something that is coming from the Bible. This is something that we've prayed about, um, that Pastor JL has stood by for years, um, that she says, okay, this is the line. If you cross it, then you're getting into crossing into sexual sin. So we say as far as you can go with a boyfriend or girlfriend is vertical kissing. So that's standing that's, up. That's, that's standing up, yes. Not laying not down. Not laying down.
0: With clothes on?
2: With, with the clothes on, and yes. And your hands Jill? not on their body? Right. Just clarifying Yes. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're horizontal... put your horizontal, hands away. When you're horizontal, that is when um, things get pushed farther, right? Um, When you're under blankets, that's also uh, probably a really big temptation. When the lights are off, um, probably not a good call, um, right? You're setting the mood. And so what we encourage is vertical kissing with the lights on, with your clothes on. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, No putting things (laughs) into things for the love do I have to say this okay no I'm gonna see that no penetration okay of any kind I know I know I literally want to throw up right now um but this is this is you can't go that far okay so vertical kissing that's how far we say and you want to take that slow right because once you get to that line there's nowhere else to go except for crossing it. So if you're dating a boyfriend or a girlfriend, you might think, oh yeah, it's okay to kiss on the first date. But if you kiss on the first date, you then have to get wait to get married so you can do anything else if you are trying to stay away from sexual sin. And that's crazy, right? That's so long to wait. So we encourage you, please take it slow. Please respect each other and try not to push each other into that. Another thing that we need to consider is that sexual sin isn't just touching, okay, there are other ways um, to get into a sexual sin. And one of those is as simple as our thoughts. Um, When we look at someone, if there is a lustful thought involved, that is considered a sexual sin. So the first look isn't any big deal, right? We're allowed to look at each other and make eye contact. That's not a big deal. But it's that second look, right? That, That lingering look where it's like, I'm not just trying to figure out who you are. I'm trying to figure out how to get you into bed. Right, That's where it crosses over, where it's that lustful thought um, that we have to stay away from because, again, that's crossing that line. It says in Second Corinthians 10.5, and Paul is speaking, he says, I keep every thought under control in order to make it obey Christ. So Paul is saying it's hard to control our thoughts. Sometimes it's second nature and it pops into our head before we can even think about it. But this verse is saying when that thought comes into your head you need to take it under control and make it Obey Christ, and this gets easier and easier as you begin to do it. So, if you look at a girl or a boy, and you think something that is lustful, that is beyond just that first look, you immediately take that thought and you say, "Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Help me to be better." And the more and more you do this, you're setting up yourself for accountability, and you're setting yourself up for a habit to be formed in your brain, where you're then really thinking about the thoughts that you're having and really avoiding that sexual sin. Also pornography is also a sexual sin. When you are looking at a picture of someone else and touching yourself when looking at that picture, that is again, crossing that line, even though it is just a picture. And you're also forming an unhealthy soul tie with that person in that picture. Even though you've never talked to them, even though you've never even really seen them before, a soul tie is formed that is unhealthy, that is now a spiritual tether to that person in that picture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Pornography is probably one of the most, like, dangerous, like, prevalent things that not even just, like, people like the Christian world is realizing the danger of, but even now that there, there are secular studies of going, this is a big problem um, in, in the world right now. There are countries that they're having trouble getting guys to get married because they, they aren't interested in, in getting married to have a woman because they're, they, they are so okay with just pornography and all of the things that that offers, that they're just like, why do I even get, need to get married? And so here's the mm-hmm. problem, is it's becoming a huge problem. The average age of, of, a, of a person that looks at pornography is now at the age of seven. Over 50% of uh, 11 to 13-year-olds will look at pornography Uh, on a regular basis and that number goes up as you get older and so now we're in high school here and a high high percentage of even high school students girls and boys now look at pornography on a regular basis the problem is is it's just like any other drug okay well you you get that high from a drug and what that is doing is that is replicating or it is allowing your brain to go through a, a pleasure process right so you 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 smoke the joint you do the cocaine, apparently, uh, whatever, right? <laughs> and and that, that releases serotonin in your brain, the feel-good of, like, hormones, right? And you go on this, this, this high. Well, pornography is offering the same thing, okay? Mm-hmm. You, you, can, you can get the highs, like the natural highs. They, they laugh about it like runners say they get a natural high. I don't believe them at all, but they say they do, right? Or, or all of these Fine. things, but it's just copying... A, a real world thing by something fake. Yeah. Pornography is the same thing. It's giving you this idea of sex. It's giving you that, that, that physical feeling, maybe even that emotional feeling. And unfortunately also then is also a spiritual connection there it, with that other person. And the problem is, is it's all fake. Wow. And there was no give and take in this. When you're in, you in a healthy marriage, there is a give and take to, to sex. It's not just give this to me, give this to me, a take, like take, take, take. But when you're watching pornography, that you are doing nothing. All you are doing is basically consuming the product in front of you, okay, and you are just, you are just taking. So then all of a sudden you get into a marriage relationship. That's not how it works in a marriage, okay? It is, it is a, you are a partnership. You become one, but you, there's give and take there. And now all of a sudden you're so used to this idea of women acting a certain way, doing certain things. Oh and meeting every single need without you doing a single thing. All you have to do is click the button, and play, click the play, all of these things. And now you're in a real relationship, in a marriage relationship. And that's not how the real world works. Right. And so that will mess with brains. And this is exactly what the, the Bible said long ago, flee from sexual sin. But now even the real world is seeing studies on it's just messing with people's brain. And it's screwing up everybody's idea. Of sex, And so when you're watching this, Jesus said, when you look at a woman with lust, it is the same as committing adultery. Mm. So think about it this way. When you are looking at lust, uh, like pornography, you are committing adultery uh, with that person against your future spouse.
1: Mm.
0: You plan on getting married and at that moment, you, you are looking at that person and you are going, you're looking at them lustfully, maybe masturbating. You're doing that stuff with that and that is committing adultery to your future spouse, and so there, there's problems here. And another big thing you have to understand about pornography, and I wasn't even planning on saying this, mm. guys, that world is directly connected with sex trafficking world, yeah. okay? So if you go, oh, it's not it's not that big of a deal, the girls that are in there, okay, besides maybe you're like super famous porn stars, uh, everybody else in there is is a step away from sex trafficking, okay? It's a, it's a fine line there, and so, supporting pornography is you could literally say is supporting the sex trafficking sex trafficking industry yeah. okay and so if you need fuel to go I, I don't really want to mess with that stuff anymore if you need fuel think about that stuff we we hear pornography and we go what's the big deal we say sex trafficking we go mm-hmm. that's that's big that's an yeah. important thing i i care about that i don't want that for people and so that that's something we have to understand too about pornography.
2: Right, and I just want to add really quick, pornography isn't only for boys, it's for girls as well. While we're not as visual, we do love to feel that fake connection, so books are really dangerous, movies, um, anything where we're projecting our needs or sex life on something that is fictional, like that picture of that girl, we also need to stay away from. We don't want to wake in love until it's ready.
1: So true, and we also
2: have to watch, guys,
1: what we are paying attention to on the internet. Now, I know you've probably heard this so much, but the devil is seriously so tricky to get anything to make you to stumble, to mess up, to just click on that next thing, to look at pornography, anything. So we have to make sure we are watching what we are doing on social media. Now, it's not bad to have social media accounts, okay? I love a good Instagram scroll. Who doesn't? Social media is not bad but it's bad when we start to use it for our own things. Mm -hmm. It's bad when we can just sit there and mindlessly scroll and now we're on some influencer's page who we know dresses half naked on purpose, Mm -hmm. right? It's bad when we are not paying attention to it. See, and now this might get y'all, some of you guys, and I'm really sorry to say this, but I'm not really that sorry. (laughs) We also have to watch TikTok. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have to make sure we are filtering through what is our page looking like? Okay. What is the for you page looking like for you? Are you watching it to get on to watch dances and you trying to be like classic bougie and ratchet? Okay. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure and you have to pay attention to the dances that these people are doing just because an influencer is doing it does not make it cool Mm -hmm. or nice. It's kind of disgusting. Okay. Okay. See, Matthew six twenty-two through 23 says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Mm. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Mm. When we are mindful, when we are healthy, when our eyes are healthy, we are not thinking about, oh man, I know this website is really easy to get onto, right? When we are healthy, we can make healthy decisions. Our actions are healthy. Our mind is healthy. Our thoughts are healthy. But when we are not being mindful of what we are watching on Instagram or YouTube or TikTok, any of those things we are unhealthy, Mm -hmm. right? We can find ourselves going further and looking further into these videos. We can find ourselves even asking questions like, how far can I get away with now posting like, you know, some pretty provocative photos? Mm. How far can I go with posting some of my TikToks? Mm. Guys, that hurts us. Mm -hmm. And the same is with Snapchat, okay?
2: Mm.
1: Something that was designed for just, good something that was designed to be funny to send random pictures back and forth can turn into something you so evil Mm -hmm. i just have to say it but pictures don't just go away to nowhere okay just because you have snapchat and you're sending pictures back and forth and just because it seems like your parents can't see anything that's happening doesn't mean it's okay Mm -hmm. and also there are people that actually run the Snapchat app. So if you think pictures are gone forever, they are not. Mm -hmm. And I actually told Joe and Madeline today, I saw um, there's a new app that has come out that even if you haven't deleted pictures off of your phone or on Snapchat, somebody can download this app and still save all of your photos. Mm -hmm. Sounds so lovely. Now, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, and do you know that you are not your own property? You were bought with a price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus, and you are made his own. Mm -hmm. So then honor and glorify God with your body. Are we honoring God? Are we glorifying him with the pictures that we're posting or the pictures that we're sending around? Are we honoring him? Because the truth is, is that you deserve way more than a guy or a girl who just wants nudes from you, yeah. right? You are God's holy temple looked at with honor.
0: Yeah, so I think, guys, what, what we're trying to say here, okay, is there's sort of two, two ideas. There's like virginity and then there's sexual sin, okay? And so can you send like a sext and still be a virgin? Yes. Can you look at pornography and still be a virgin? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you, uh, you you know, can you make out with a girl or a guy and and still be a virgin? Yes. And so we're not talking. And so how far is too far? That question often gets blurred with like how far is too far? When am I not a virgin is what that question is often asking. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about that line. That line, when I'm not a virgin is way, 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 way past the line of sexual sin. Right. And we're saying, and so that's what we have to understand. It sounds prude, but we're not saying, oh, this is how far it is before you're you're not considered a virgin if you go past, you know, kissing vertically. But what you're getting closer to and crossing a line of is sexual sin mm-hmm. and sexual immorality. And then the, the, the scripture we talked about earlier was flee from anything considered sexual immorality. No sin affects the body like it this one does. Mm-hmm. It is better for us to avoid sexual sin just like it is better for us to avoid all other sins. Yeah. Okay? Sexual sin is a sin. Gossip is a sin. Outbursts of anger is a sin. Drunkenness and partying is a sin. All of these things are biblical and says, God says, do not do these things. And, and we, as Christ followers, have to respond "Say, okay, the Bible says, do not do, those, do these things or, because it affects us. It affects our closeness with God and that's what we really care about. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about all these sexual sins, which means there's that line, which means you have to set up some kind of boundary all right, and you have to understand when you start thinking about guardrails on a, on a road, the guardrail on a road is to keep you from falling off a cliff, okay? Right. So if sexual sin is falling off the cliff, they don't set the guardrail off the cliff when you're already off the <laughs> cliff, right? They set the guardrail ahead of the, of the cliff. Right. So maybe we say kissing vertically is that line okay so that means that's got to be the guardrail Mm -hmm. because maybe if you go a little bit further you kiss a little bit longer you know or all of those things maybe you haven't really stepped into that sexual sin but you're getting close and you're about ready to fall off the cliff so if you set that kind of a boundary with each other so what that means is in a relationship at the beginning of a relationship not when you're already hot and heavy and you guys are trying to decide what's. that's a terrible time to talk about boundaries, okay? At the beginning of a relationship, at the most like unsexy time, you need to talk about boundaries and you need to go, this is what I'm okay with. And, and I think like some guys need to hear this right now, is if a girl says, these are my boundaries, all right? And, and we, we there's this big thing with like the Me Too movement and all, and all of these things, but if a girl, two months ago said these are my boundaries and says I don't want to do anything besides kiss vertically and you try and start pushing those boundaries yeah. okay you are you are getting really close to a to an edge of sexual harassment or sexual abuse mm-hmm. they have a leg to stand on if they even if they said two months ago I only want a vertical kiss and you start trying to push those boundaries because you're like oh come on what honey what's wrong it's, it's gonna be fun all of those things that that boundary two months ago that needs to be the no for anything in your relationship past what hurt she said she'd be okay with Mm -hmm. okay that needs to be the case and you you have you have to protect yourself girls and guys and and by setting those boundaries ahead and pulling them making sure that they're set in a place that you run into that boundary and then you go and so what does that mean sometimes that means that boundary that guardrail needs to be we don't hang out past 10 o'clock yeah. We don't hang out alone without parents. Mm-hmm. We, don't, we don't hang out inside a bedroom with a closed door. Yeah. We, don't, we don't hang out. We don't, are never in a car alone together. We, you, maybe there's these boundaries that you have to understand. And you set those guardrails so that you run into those things before you get yourself in trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And so those, that's what we're talking about, boundaries. And that's how we keep a dating relationship. When you decide you're going to date or you're already dating, and you keep that God-centered and God-focused, because you're going, I don't want to mess this relationship up, mm-hmm. and I don't want to start affecting it negatively with, with, with sex and all of those sexual sin, and so we're going to set up those guardrails to have a healthy, God-centered relationship, and a God-centered relationship is one that God can bless.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And I know like when you're dating somebody, obviously you want to be around them all the time. You desire that closeness and that wanting to just be more with them. And I know that sometimes like that can almost change our thought perspective on some Mm -hmm. things. And so the world would tell you, oh man, you're about to graduate. Why don't you just move in together? Mm -hmm. It'll be cheaper. You already love each other. (laughs) Why not? It's easy peasy. Just do it. Guys, that is the world perspective of that. Yeah. When we are getting close with somebody, and maybe it is time for you to graduate high school and you are thinking about plans for your future, just re- please remember the biblical truth mm-hmm. that God designed even living with your spouse. He designed the marriage bed to be between man and woman mm-hmm. who are married. Mm-hmm. And now Pastor Sarah told me this um, a couple years ago when I started dating my husband, and she said, friends don't get boyfriend privileges and boyfriends don't get husband privileges. Mm. Meaning, ain't no friends with benefits if he ain't gonna man up and ask you out. But also, your boyfriend's not your husband, so why would you live with him and why would you spend the night with him? Now, sometimes our thinking is the same, though, when it comes to, like, test driving a car, okay? (laughs) Hang on with me for just a second, okay? (laughs) Okay. How do you know you want a car? You, you test drive it, okay? But sometimes this is our thinking when it is time, if we're thinking about moving in with somebody or having sex with somebody, we say, well, how do I know I could even marry them if I've never had sex with them? Mm. How do I know if I'm going to be able to live well with them if we've never even moved in together? Mm. Again, marriage is designed between man and woman. All of those things are to be saved between your spouse. Also, dating is a good test drive, okay? Mm-hmm. If you're dating someone and it ain't working out, break it off. Right. Test drive's over, done with. <laughs> Boom, cut it off, easy peasy, okay? And dating can be hard, okay? Mm-hmm. Relationships are hard. I dated a guy in high school for two years that it was a secret from all the pastors, but <laughs> we, <laughs> we dated for two years and he promised me that he was gonna marry me. He was a year older than me, he left for college, and the minute he left for college, he broke up with me over a text message. Mm. Okay, rejection, Mm. right? Rejection can lead us into relationship after relationship, trying to seek the love and the approval of other people, when in the end, this guy was never supposed to meet all my needs, and I was never supposed to fully rely on him. That is God's place. Okay? That is where God comes in. He is the only one who can heal you if you are feeling that rejection. He is the only one who can sustain you. Mm-hmm. Right? 1 John 4, 16 says, and we know and rely on the love of God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them.
2: Yeah. I think it's so important what you're saying is that relationships are good but sometimes they get twisted into something that can become unhealthy but it's not wrong to need people it's not wrong to experience these feelings of wanting to be with somebody wanting to be in a relationship with someone God created us to be this way not to be alone but we have to watch to make sure that we're not letting um, our relationship become codependent that we're not allowing our boyfriend or our girlfriend to start filling needs that only God is supposed to fill right some of our Our biggest disappointments in our life are the result of expectations that we have of others that they cannot possibly meet when we are depending on our boyfriend or girlfriend to fill us emotionally mentally even spiritually sometimes we are asking way too much from them I think all of us are going into a relationship we're seeking fun we're seeking adventure we're seeking these fun feelings that we're experiencing but a lot of times that innocence can be twisted into well I'm dating this boy because I wanna feel loved. I don't feel loved at home. I don't feel accepted at home, and so I'm gonna try and find this from this boy that's at my school. Or maybe I don't know who I am, and so maybe if I attach myself to this person, they can show me and they can lead me. Or maybe I don't really like myself, but when I'm around this person, they make me feel better. Guys, when we have these expectations that we are trying to pull from our boyfriend and girlfriend, we are never going to get what we need because we're trying to get it from the wrong source. Our identity is not based on who we're dating. Our own emotional needs and where we're at mentally is not supposed to be based on who we're dating. Your boyfriend cannot get you out of depression. Your girlfriend cannot make you feel good about yourself if you are insecure. That is not their job. That is the Lord's job. And when we are putting these unrealistic needs onto somebody, we are being unrealistically needy, and it's actually greediness in disguise. It's saying, my needs, my desires deserve to tap into or possibly even deplete yours. Saying, I am basically a parasite, right? I'm sucking the life out of you. I'm sucking security from you. I'm sucking love from you because I am not getting it from the one that is absolutely is supposed to be getting it from us. And God's love is always there. His acceptance is always there. It's us who turns our back from him, right? It's us who starts chasing that acceptance and that love and that identity from the wrong person. The only time when we are going to be fulfilled though is when we're getting it from him. It says in Ephesians 3.19, may you experience the love of Christ. Though it is too great to understand fully, his love is too great for us to even comprehend. It says, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I think if many of us were to look at ourselves right now, we would say, I'm not complete. I'm not the person that I'm supposed to be. I'm not going to the source. I'm going to my boyfriend. I'm going to my girlfriend. I'm being codependent on a relationship instead of being codependent on God. And because of this, I'm empty. Because of this, I'm broken. And what I want you to know is that we're here for you. And we understand we've all been there. We've all tried to do the same exact thing. And the only time that we've been able to turn away from it is realize that we're broken too. And we need Jesus, we need his love to come into our hearts instead of the love of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And so what I want us to do right now is just give him an opportunity to just speak to us, to heal us a little bit. And so what I'd love is just to get some music going on in the background and just maybe space, get some space from one another. Um, We're gonna play some music. We're gonna turn the lights down a little bit. And I just encourage you to get into a place where you can be separate. And so there should be some moving around. You guys can come up here. You guys can fill some of these empty bean bags. But I just wanna give God the opportunity to heal some of this brokenness in our hearts. So you guys should be moving around, getting a place where you can be alone. Give you guys a couple of seconds. Just try not to be next to a person that's gonna distract you or make you feel like you can't be vulnerable right now. So once you're in a good place, I want you to all just close your eyes right now. Just let this moment be about you and Jesus and not anyone else. Make that the priority. And what I want us to do right now is just ask for forgiveness. For the times where we've been searching for the answers from the wrong person from the wrong source and so I want you to think of maybe that time when that's happened to you maybe that time where you've gone to the wrong place and I want you in your heart right now just to ask Jesus to forgive you Jesus just forgive me for when I've asked for acceptance of my identity from the wrong person a fresh start, to turn away from seeking the wrong source and to turn back to him. I want you now to forgive yourself for the times where you know you pushed that boundary just a little bit too far for the times you know where you let your own insecurity, your own choices, your own passions to overtake what you know is true and right. Forgive yourself. He is a God of mercy and you've already asked for forgiveness and he's already forgotten it. And now he wants you to do the same. God, forgive me for the times that I went too far where I went too deep God forgive me for the times where I let my own passion my own lust overtake the boundaries that you've set up for me and help me to forgive myself Lord help me to give myself the same grace that you give me and help me to see myself the way that you see the last couple moments that we have, I want us to just look into our own hearts where maybe we've we've made that unhealthy soul tie where we're tethered to somebody that we want to break loose from. They've been pulling you too long. They've been holding you back for too long. And so I'm going to ask for his, uh, his conviction to just come right now just to remind you of that connection that you have for too long, that soul tie that's been there that you may not even know about. So Jesus, just come right now into these students' hearts and just give them your sweet conviction, Lord. Just let it come over them to remind them about those soul ties, those relationships that just went too far, that weren't within the confines of your own rules, Jesus. Just forgive us for those, Lord. And we'll just ask that you just break every single one of those soul ties. Whether we even realize that they're there or not, I just ask that every student that walks away from this room will be completely without that baggage from their past. In Jesus' name, break those soul ties off of them. Break that guilt and that shame and that rejection off of them in the name of Jesus, Lord. Let them walk out of this room in your holy boldness, and your holy confidence, washed white as snow once again and we just ask Lord that you'll just help us we know we're gonna mess up we know we're gonna make mistakes Lord but we just ask that we always go to you the right source of our love the right source of our affection the right source of our acceptance and that we never stray away from that path your will be done in our lives Lord it's in your precious name that we pray